G'day guys, welcome back. Episode 13. She's a ripper of an episode here today. Um, talking all things hunting, outdoor shooting, boots, bit of YouTube, Instagram stuff, the NZDA and uh, how they can help. So rip into it, have a listen and uh, you should enjoy that. Check out Stu on Instagram at Bed and Gun and uh, on YouTube, Bed and Gun Hunting, and uh, give his videos and, and whatnot a good lookout. And uh, while you're surfing the web, have a look at Tekkers Eyewear NZ on Instagram or head over to the Tekkers website, tekkerseyewear.co.nz, and uh, have a look at some nice glasses. Get yourself some sunnies, summer's coming up, and uh, if you do find something you like, there's a discount code there that you can use. Get yourself 20% off. Uh, and that is TOPO20. T-O-P-O-2-O. -O -O. Um, yeah. So, rip into it. Enjoy. Today's guest is a hunter, husband, father, gear junkie, and bear advocate. He enjoys a good meme and is in the running for 2023 Fitness Influencer of the Year. Welcome to Topographical, Stu Langslow, or as everyone probably knows him, Better Bed and Gun. G'day mate, how are you? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I don't know about fitness influencer of the year, <laughs> it's more of how not to be a fitness yeah. influencer. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, that's, um, that's bloody, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some fun with life, don't you? Oh man, you can't take yourself too seriously, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Otherwise you end up bloody bitter and twisted, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, first question is a question left by a previous guest. Yeah. So at the end of this, I'll get you to leave a question for the next guest, not knowing who that guest is. This is something I've ripped off from, I think it's the Diary of a CEO podcast. Oh. Stephen... Bartlett, I think it's from his podcast, it's from someone with a very successful podcast. Yeah. Um, but so the question for you is, what is your why? What is my why? For? Oh. It's, it, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know, like, I guess, you know, I guess I'm a dad now, so I have to save the kids, right? Like, <laughs> Um, and I can't wait to take them on adventures. So I guess I'm going on my adventures and stuff at the moment that I do. So hopefully one day I can take them and show them the places, the cool adventures and stuff that I see. Does that sound good? I think that sounds good. That's a good, I think that's a good one. Yeah. It's quite a vague question, isn't yeah, it? It is. It um, is. You know, you could definitely point that in different directions, but. Yeah. That was from Brad Turner. Oh. Um. And then I actually was supposed to ask other people. I think we've had like three episodes since then and haven't done it. And uh, so you today. stitched so me up. That's been sitting there for a while, but that's good. Um, oh, we'll rip into a couple of quick fire questions before right. we just start generally yarning. Question one is, what boots do you run? Ooh. Which I know recently you've done a new a new boot. Yep. Yep. So genuine ostrich. Genuine Australian boots. <laughs> no, Mossicans. Um, what I, well, I've had lowers, I've had Stony Creek boots. Um, and my last boots I bought because I, I didn't like one of the pairs of lowers that I had, so I sold them pretty quickly. So I bought some Kuyu Scarpers. 
and I've had them for two and a half years, I think. Yep. So I've done done a few miles in those, and they don't do them anymore. Otherwise, I would have got another pair. So I've recently got a pair of um, crispy summits. I think they are. Oh yeah, you went the crispy way. Yeah, yep. went the crispy yep. way. Um, haven't worn them. Well, I've worn them in the house, and that's oh, it. I haven't so gone out with them. Haven't yet. gone yep. out with them yet. So yep. hopefully, try and do that next week at some stage. Um, crispy summit. So is that the sort of like a lighter alpine style boot? Like a similar shape to the lower Tibet Alaska, uh, Hanwag Alaska sort of. Yeah, similar, more probably more of a cross between the Tibet and the Z sixes or Z eights. Or the. Yeah, like, fi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so they're probably quite similar to the. Well, not too far off those crispy Titans that I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah but shorter, shorter cut. Short cut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, because yeah. it was a toss up between the short cut version of those Titans yeah. and yeah. the um summit, but I liked having the Rand. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you know, like I've quite often find myself in scree, especially on those South Island hunts. Tops, it's hard yeah. on gear, man. Tart like, especially if you're doing, like if you're doing a Rangitata, for example. You're doing a big walk up the valley and then you're climbing up. Yeah. And you're probably climbing up and coming down on some scree type shit. Oh, definitely coming and, down on it. Well, yeah, yeah. Those big scree runs <laughs> in there. That's good fun, eh? Find that, yeah. find that when the metal's just that right bloody... Oh, um, and you can just go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, pack. Pack. Packy running. Ooh, I've got two that I toss and toss up yep. between at the moment. So I've had a Kuyu. Um, Pro Q, whatever it is, four thousand LT. I think I'm I've got at the moment, but I've had most of the different sizes that you can fit on that. So with the Kuyu setup, yep. There's two different frame types. Am I right? There's one. Oh, there's several different frame sizes, but I think it's the same it's type. same style the same whole way type. through. And yep. then there's just all the different bags that go. Yeah. So I've had most of the different bags, um, and um, I've sort of settled on the four thousand, which is I think it's about mm-hmm. a sixty nine liter. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for the last year, I've also had a Mystery Ranch Metcalf. Yep. Um, which is a 70, 71 litre yep. I think and they've both got that, that load shelf so you can Set stick up, yeah. more does more. the Kuyu I run a um, Mystery Ranch Marshall so the yep. real big one yep. on the older frame yep. so like my your one will have um, the like molly webbing yep. on the belts I've just got like the old school belt style yeah um I'm glad they've gone to the new way because with that when you hook it on if you've got like heavy shit hanging and you unclip it's all dangling it gets, it's actually annoying so when yeah. I saw the new belt I'm like ooh I like it but <laughs> pretty <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, um, but yeah with so with my Marshall and I'm assuming the Metcalf's exactly the same there is actually a load shelf flap built into the bag does the Kuyu have that flap or is it just separate no it doesn't but it, yeah. it's got a couple little little, I don't know, 20 mil straps or something yep. which are meant to hold everything in. I've never, I mean, it does get a bit flappy down there. Yep. Sometimes stuff hangs out the bottom, but it's never really been too much of an no. issue. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about the Kuyu is it's it's probably got better pockets. Yeah. Um, and it's lighter. It's they are lighter. 700 grams lighter yep. than my Metcalf, I yep. think I want to say. Maybe 600. But the Metcalf carries weight better. Yeah, okay. Like, 
I've had some rather heavy loads yep. in that Metcalf. Like I carried out a wet task and out of the Ringatata probably a month ago. Yeah. And well, my pack would have been pushing 40 kilos at least. Um, they do well with heavy yeah. weight. I've, I've had some serious weight, like yeah, high 30s into the 40s in my, um, my Mystery Arch Marshall. And I've not worn a pack that is as comfortable for heavyweight. My I used to run a Osprey Zenith 88 litre. Yeah. Um, the most comfortable pack I've ever worn up to about 20 kilos. Yeah. So for lightweight stuff, phenomenal. You get to like, by the time you're at 25 kilos, I'd way rather be in the, in the mystery ranch, you yeah. know? And that's where your pack really needs to perform, so that's what, like, the mystery ranch is the one to go. 100%. And, yeah. and so I sort of toss them up a little bit at the moment, depending on what I'm going to be doing and how yep. long I'm going for and stuff like that. I, I really want to try um, a Stone Glacier. Yes. But, oh, man, that, that price is spicy. They're all... All of those packs are quite expensive. The yeah. fact that we've now got, like, Safari Supply selling... Mystery like ranch. they're importing them and selling the mystery ranch here helps. Yeah. Um, cause when I first got onto those sorts of packs, um, you couldn't buy them here. Yeah. So they were expensive as shit. And I bought mine while I was in Canada, my mystery ranch, um, which was still expensive as shit, but I bought it like through work, got the outfitters discount shit. Like it was, yeah. it was a reasonably good deal. Um, but still not, a fun price, like, <laughs> yeah. but in saying that, it's solid gear and I keep using it, so that's that, that's pretty good. I mean, we've had the old Tatonkas around New Zealand for a long time, and I, like everyone else, had one of them at one point in time. Yeah. But once you get onto those higher end American packs, yeah. so it's, it's a different ball I'd game. I'd be interested to look at the new the Tatonkas gone to that like frame bag style, um, and I think Bushbuck have a frame bag style now as well. There's another Kiwi. Sort of, I think Hunter's Element are doing yes, the same Hunter's thing. Yes, Hunter's Element do. Yep, that's the other one. So it'll be interesting to see what they're like. Um, I looked at the Tatonka. Shit, this would have been like 2016 or something. Yeah. Um, didn't like the... I, I didn't like it on me. I really liked the bag. Yeah. I thought the bag itself was designed well, like built tough, yada, yada. But the way it sat on me... I just thought this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever worn. So I just didn't use it. Like, I I borrowed a mate's one for a few trips to test it out. And I was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. But I did like that bag. So it'd be cool now to see that frame, whether that new frame's different yeah. and how... I mean, I'd be interested, but um, yeah. I, I think a lot with a lot of those other companies that you just mentioned, the, the weight of the um, bags that are compatible with that load shelf, yep. like the Tatonka... With the load shelf, I think it's three and a half kilos for the bag itself. Oh, Possibly. Yeah. It's, it's getting up here yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and weight. Yeah. yeah. And so, it all does start adding up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, especially if you're, I don't know, can't take beer in life if you're bloody carrying a three and a half litre, three oh. and a half kg pack, you yeah. know? Like. Well, that's a perfect segue into my <laughs> next question, which is, as a beer advocate, what is your favourite beer? Oh. I don't know, like... What's your favourite, like, style oh, of... Probably probably a good hazy IPA or something, yep. like... Yep. 
Um, they sneak up on you though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. They are good. Yeah. Um, big fan of the old skunk juice from up at Shining oh, Peak here. I love skunk Ooh. juice. Eh? It's so good when you just you go into Shining Peak and you just what we have. Let's have a jug of skunk juice, yeah. please. Thank uh, you very much. So I've I've got a couple of kids now, but for my daughter's first birthday, we got a keg of it. <laughs> I bet she was really appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I had a small headache the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, skunk juice is um is bloody good. I was actually going to go get some beers because I thought it. I mean, it is early in the morning, but it is a nice day. I thought we could drink some beers, but my truck's currently in the shop. Um, I was tempted to bring so, up, oh, <laughs> but I'm like, ah, I should have texted him. I was like, do I text him? And I'm like, do I sound like a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shit, do I turn up with beers? Like, he'll yeah, look at me yeah, funny. Yeah. Well, nah, <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah. But funny, like, because several years ago, I started buying the expensive lightweight hunting gear, including the packs. Yeah. And, um, you know, how I said before about the three and a half litre pack, kilo pack, you yeah. can't take any beers. <clears throat> the wife often jokes that um, I've gone, got all this expensive lightweight gear just so I can carry more beer. Yeah, your total pack weight is it's still, very still the similar. same. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. all the stupid yeah. shit I carry now, <laughs> yeah. like beers. Cutting toothbrush handles <laughs> yeah. off so you can fit in an extra half beer, <laughs> yeah. things like that. And eh? get the titanium bloody spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cut um, it in half so I can carry more beer. There's something about having, like, not just a beer like at the hut or something, but like, occasionally I'll just take like, even if, just take one or two cans, like one can per person, and you go, and you don't tell the other guy you've got it, and when you kill something, it's like, hey, bro, and you crack that beer. Like, there's something good about Man, that. And especially, yeah. like, even when you, you carry it back and you get back to your tent and you and your mate are absolutely bloody buggered, you know? Yeah, you, you, yeah. You're hanging, hanging on. And you get back and you're like, Ka-chick. Yeah. That oh, noise, you're like, ooh, yes, yeah. perfect. <laughs> Beers or um, whiskey in a little flask. Yep, yep. That's something that uh, a, a lot of the... Canadian guys I worked with had when I shot that goat actually we had cigars yes so yep. we busted out cigars for that so, so. I went through a cigar phase so yeah. I've got a box of cigars at home that oh, I, nice. I, I quite often carry them on hunts but yeah yep. I don't know sometimes you end up forgetting about them sitting yeah, in the bottom yeah. of the back and, and the best time to carry uh, the best whiskey is actually one that you've put into your mate's backpack that he hasn't oh, noticed definitely. and you're like hey hey Charlie you know have a look in that pocket over there I'm <laughs> you got anything in there? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the best, the best type. Um, rifles, rifles. What's your What's your main rifle that you you're out there? Probably I got two. I got two. Um, so one sort of I use for mostly most of my North Island hunting, and and I've got a big bigger gun that I bought for the South Island. So I've got a seven mm eight Sarko. Um, Started off as a Finlight, and which I bought when I was working away somewhere, and um, then I think I put a carbon fiber stock on it and a Leopold VX five on it. So it's it's a bloody nice yeah setup. Added some stuff. Added some yeah. stuff. Um, suppressor, you know, just your classic North Island seven mm weight. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Like I've I've shot deer at five hundred odd meters with that. This is getting the bit too far out there for it but definitely within 400 meters anything's yeah anything's toast um and then for down south i 
bought a Christian Sinan's Ridgeline, I think it is. In that 20- sounds fancy. Yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> Goes well with your IPAs. Yeah, oh yeah, all the carbon, right? So it's got the big long carbon barrel and um, in 28 Nosler, so that's, I'm shooting it, it's a big 7 mil. Yeah. 195 grain doing just a shade under 3,000 feet per second. That shoots, that's super flat shooting, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it hold. So they reckon what a thousand foot pound you meant to hit an animal with to be able to kill it to whatever it is, but it holds that out to sixteen hundred meters or something. Oh, Jesus, yeah, just keeps going, just keeps going. Yeah, and it's and it's a hammer. So, what's the recoil like that? Like, not it's is the is the, the rifle hold like handle that well? Yeah, because it's got the big muzzle brake on the end of it, yeah. which you know makes it unpleasant to shoot for noise factor. But um, it's the kind of rifle you've got. To shoot once. To shoot one or two rounds from a, like, set-up prone position. You've taken your time. Has everyone got their earplugs mm-hmm. in? Yes, okay. Is everyone, like, well behind the muzzle? Yep, okay, sweet. We're all good here. Like, you're not... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Unless you forget to take your earplugs. Yes. Or decide to shoot it without them. So, went on that trip that I was talking about down the Rangitata not long ago, and um, there's a young guy that I have been doing a bit of hunting with from the local deer stalkers association and um he was having a shit time with his rifle and asked to borrow mine i'm like yeah mate go go bloody skittle up that face and go shoot those tar you know so he yeah. grabbed it and grabbed a handful of rounds and shot up there and he completely forgot about it and yeah had his ears ringing for oh, for a day or so it is it, it's a horrid thing like i've um seven mil remake that's braked yeah and occasionally something happens where the brake's on and you need to start shooting <laughs> and you're not thinking about... The, the brain doesn't yeah, quite you're just like, shit. And you start shooting and, um, you know, you might send off a couple of rounds. And I suppose it's probably a good thing that it only holds three in the magazine. You know, <laughs> otherwise, you know, you put big mags in there oh. and you start shooting too much. So Yeah, um, I've, I've done it once. I yeah. um, shot a poor fellow deer that popped up in front of me at about yeah. 10 metres with it. So, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I could put a fist in the size exit hole. It's yeah, yeah, exciting. yeah. But, yeah, so those are my two main main rifles that I use. You know, that 7 mil 8 is yeah, great. It's good. It's yeah. great. There's a, something to be said about smaller... We are talking about this on the last episode with Jason, just about, like, rifle, like, calibre size. Like we are talking in that about, like, shotguns and stuff um, and rifles and that, like... Differing by going to a smaller caliber, you're having a lot less recoil. So you can then go to a really light rifle and you can shoot it in sort of more awkward positions because that like recoil management doesn't become such a high priority with all your, you know, say you've got a list of five things you're worrying about when you go to shoot. Recall management all of a sudden comes fair way down the line. Yeah. But then, at some point, there's a balance where you'll start losing, like, energy at impact, like, wind resistance, and things like that, where, you know, like, a lot of those bigger bullets have got higher BCs, they fly so much better, they don't get blown around so much. Like, I imagine that 28 nozzle handles the wind pretty well. Oh, yeah. 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 And it yeah. thumps animals, man. Yeah. Yeah, whereas that 
seven or eight will be like you're not shooting big seven mils with it. Like what? What one thirty nine? Yeah, yeah. Not you're not shooting like your ELDX. Nah, just the classic SSTs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have got it going quite. It's a hand load that I made for it, and it's going quite spicy. I think it's just over twenty nine hundred feet per second. Yeah. So it 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 is quite snappy to shoot. Um, I I sometimes feel like the twenty eight Nosler with the brake is actually less has less recoil, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. But there'll be part of that will be the brake. Yeah. It'll, I'm assuming it's got a bloody nice stock on it. Like yeah. you really get behind the thing. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bring it around one day and show you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's... yeah. That's, I was thinking about, so you, you've just, well, that's Roland is talking about Beard and Gun and, okay. and the YouTube. Yeah. Um, because I actually, you put up your thing on Instagram the other day talking about like, you're going to do more gear videos. Yeah. And like, I'm a gear nut as well. And it, I get, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I love getting on the gear. It's cool. just so good. So um, when you were, I was like, yes, I want to see the gear. So I was actually watching those videos because I didn't got around to watching them this morning. I yeah. queued up like six of your gear videos and I was just watching them this morning. See, so you're smacking a few beers doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the piss, man. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about a... You see a lot of... Americans with like because they're big in their gun culture and you see there's a lot of stuff and it's not hunting related it's like I don't know like tactical mm-hmm. gun stuff but they do some really good videos well produced well like informed and discussion around guns and and different setups for different things and blah 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 which is interesting to watch but it's kind of irrelevant because it's like tactically related not hunting related yeah i reckon there's a market like a not a market like a opening opportunity for like some really nicely done hunting rifle discussion stuff that's not i don't know i seem if i if i go to youtube it, it just ends up being like some Someone. shitty weird yank talking about his like granddad's 30 odd six and blah, blah which is like there's nothing wrong with those guns but there's not like well done and i was like when you i'd been thinking about it and then when you missed that the other day i was like you know what you've got cool guns you've got cameras we should do something like that i reckon that'd be cool yep. yeah like so what I, what I wanted i like i'm like yourself you know i love gear yep. i love trying new gear which is probably why i've tried most of the stuff you can get locally as well as some of the American brands now. Yep. Um, I thought, man, I'll start making... I love gear dump videos. Yeah. Of like, you know, a guy pulls out his bag. But I, but I hate it when they waffle on about shit. Yes. In the middle of the videos. So I thought, well, what I might do is make some of these gear dump videos, but not waffle on, but have smaller videos on the specific bits of gear as well, so that if you were interested in, say, the, um, what's that hoodie that I'm really liking at the moment? The, no, the Ambient? Ambient hoodie um, from Sitka. You can go and see that specific video just yep. on the Ambient if you're, like, going through. So you could watch the gear dump video. Yep. And here's Stu just dumping his shit out of his pack. Here's my gear. And you go, ooh, I want to know more about that. There's another short, like those videos, you're, like they're two, on two like three minutes. two minutes. Yep. And uh, this is my thoughts on this thing. Yep. 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 So that's sort of what I, I actually videoed the gear dump video 
last night or one of them. So yeah, um, I don't know when I release that. I edited it up last night after a few after a six pack. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of what I was planning on doing, and you know, doing the rifles will become part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as if man, if you want to get together and talk about rifles, we can do that. Yeah, I reckon that'd be a cool thing. Um, I mean, it's not like you live far away. No, 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 just around the corner, and I'm at home a lot more now. <laughs> so I've been here for ages and just never been home, but um, that's changing, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, how did you? How did I start? Yeah, how did you get into filming? Like, I did a little bit of YouTube stuff years ago. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. How did you get into that? Man, I, I saw other people doing it, and, you know, I was reasonably technically proficient with that some of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I found, like, I was doing these adventures and doing this stuff, and people were asking about it, and I'm like, well, I could try and make a video to show people that were asking about what I was doing and and then it sort of was like after I had my daughter I was sort of like oh you could you know have these as well so that you know dad wasn't always this old bugger and can look back and go man he did some cool stuff yeah. you know like yeah. it's almost like preserving some of your, your, your adventures so you look back on them when you can't yeah, when you um, can't go out and do it anymore, yeah. having that. There's something about, like, as a kid, I was just fascinated by Dad's, like, photo albums. Yeah. And they just had photos of, like, you know, like, there's this one photo that always rem- I always remember, and I've been to the spot. Yeah. And it's him and his brother, Christmas Day, like, 1970-something, 1980-something, Christmas Day, and they've caught a big pig, and it's hanging on a fence, and it's like, you're out hunting on Christmas Day back then, and, like, they're young and fit, and it's all go. And I'm yeah. like, this is so cool. And I guess, like, our our Instagram and our YouTube, that's our photo album, isn't it? A hundred percent. And, I don't know, like, it, it started off, and then I was, I, I sort of, like, I was filming every hunt that I went on for a while, and then I'm like, man, this is it. it like you said, it's hard. Mm. Like I said, it's hard, you know, and it takes a lot away from your hunting. It makes it hunting does, a eh? lot harder. Yeah. Um. So then I sort of made made a conscious decision to only do sort of the bigger hunts and the more adventure style hunts that I've done. So yep. like the Rangitata and and then the Ahuiri before that. And doing that allows you to. Uh, plan. It, it gives you a better hunt, but it also gives you a better film. Yeah. Or, or photos or whatever it is you're trying to do. That's something that I started doing with the photography side of things. I was just taking my camera with me everywhere yeah. I went. And then I was like, this is... It becomes the focus. Yeah. And then I just stopped. Yeah. And, just, and now I'm like slowly starting to get back there with taking it. But it's like, okay, on this trip... I'm going to not take a... And I'll, I'll do it if I'm hunting with someone else. I will not take a rifle. I'll take yeah. a camera. It's one or the other. And and sometimes, like, if you're with people, they get a bit funny with the camera. Yeah, some people and, don't like no, it. No, some people don't like yeah. it. And then that sort of ruins the... It makes it hard. Yeah. It makes it harder. Um, so the last few I've done have been with people that have been 
great with the camera and you know they'll take a camera and get some footage of themselves yep. or from a different angle and and they'll make it easier and, and make a better product yeah for lack yeah. of a better word yeah. you know like it's um like i'm quite quite happy with the last couple of ones that i've punched out or yeah, hunting yeah. videos you yep. know not the not the bullshit sitting around drinking piss talking about bloody gear. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there's still there's fun in making those short silly yeah. um well not silly but or like even, yeah. you know making gear things or making short silly things or going out and making a video a, a, like a film as yeah. opposed to yeah it's a different product a yeah. different process it, the whole thing changes doesn't it yeah yep yeah. yeah. so yeah so i don't know it's um yeah. it's been an adventure like man i look back to some of the early ones that i made and i'm like jesus christ how did this get 14 <laughs> views like <laughs> you know like i don't want to watch this shit yeah and um then the last one i think seven and a half thousand yeah that's cool yeah yeah do you find yourself looking i'm shocking for it with the podcast yeah with like i'll post like i'll publish podcast yeah and like i do this for fun yeah. Not for trying to do anything else, but they show me numbers. And so I get excited on the numbers. And I'm like, ooh, this has had like five plays. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. yeah like. And I'm competitive, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm competitive with myself as well. Yeah. And it's 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 a double-edged sword to be mm. that competitive. Like, um, yeah, I, I watch and, yeah. you know, like you get negative comments and, and it's hard to not take them to heart sometimes. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. like... Um, no one comments on my shit so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep asking people for five-star reviews and I don't even get a one-star review. Like... <laughs> Tight buggers. Give them, a, yeah. give them a review, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on, mum. I know you're yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's a... You know, but man, you gotta have respect for anyone that makes content and puts it out there. Yeah. Because, like you say, you know, a lot of people don't get paid for it. It's, yeah, you know, it's um, it's been really cool watching Joe Edlington go through with Jay Wads. Yeah. Um, watching. So when I was doing YouTube shit, he was he'd just changed his channel from the Hunt Nation to. Jay Wilds. Yeah. And the Hunt Nation was like, it was just like pig hunting videos and shit. Like, nothing too, it's just like videos. Nothing then, too produced. Yeah, yeah. And then Jay Wilds, the brand, whatever you want to call it. And then like, you just see like his videos and I'm like, this, this guy's getting better and better and better. And then now look at him. He's full time. I'm like, yes, bro. That's so cool. And it's so good to see. Yeah. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like, uh, his editing is so slick. Yep. His animal footage is crisp and on point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's just nailed he's it, man. He's nailing it. And he gets, like, good interaction and stuff. It's, yeah. It's cool. It's funny looking at, um, how do I say this? I was talking to somebody recently who has done some YouTubing. Yeah. For a channel and they were doing it before the channel got super big like as like a they weren't the main person but they were like filming they were 
on Helping. it and they yeah. were like camera manning or whatever and they were with the channel before it got massive and they've been with the channel after it got massive and i was saying to them i actually preferred your guys's like videos like a little while back before it got super commercialized because i hate all that like I just hate that commercialized shit. But I understand that a, a man's got to pay his bills and this is a cool opportunity for him. So, like, I was saying to this guy, like, I like I think your videos were cooler back then. Yeah. But n- not that the production quality was better. Like, th- like, the ability for them to make films now are definitely better, but there was less of the commercialized shit and so it was more fun to watch there's a mess here's a jet boil like, yeah 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 holding it for the camera yeah, while yeah. you tip the yeah, water stony creek tip of the trip yeah. or whatever, you know <laughs> and um i i was like saying like i actually preferred back then and and they were saying they preferred making them back then oh, interesting because of the same thing but we're both saying like it's you kind of to take that and make it a full-time job you've got to juggle that you gotta walk that line. There's that line between whoring yourself out and making good content and like being somewhere in the middle there where it's like still and it's kinda of interesting to see things grow like that. Like Yeah. Um Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to watch and some people change, man. Some people will flip on the on a dime yeah, for a company. Go, like, yeah, yeah. And like I've had conversations with one of the bigger guys many years ago and he was saying man he wished he could use some of the flash gear that I had but these guys give him gear but because of the sponsorship deals and stuff they have yeah and I'm like so you're you're letting yourself down yeah you're you're not really being true to Mm. um, so it's yeah it's real interesting yeah, but then in saying that, by going with those other brands, you're then getting, um, like you're actually enabling it to become your job, and yeah. then you go from, instead of just, you know, yeah, working as a sparky, it, now you're working a as a YouTuber. Idiot. Yeah, you know, it's a yeah, yeah, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, have you got like? aspirations or whatever you want to call it to like really pump your youtube hard as and and push down that line oh man you know like i don't know like it's i don't want to be one of those guys that sells out yeah you know i I don't want to be but man you know Scratch in the back would wouldn't be so bad from time to time you know like help a brother out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i I definitely haven't been producing the content in the last couple of years yep. that, that I probably could have been um, due to changing jobs and, you know, family life and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to try and get more. Do cool, more of it. More of yep. it. Um, I think I've just got to find that line where I'm still enjoying my hunting, but I'm also enjoying filming and creating the content. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed making that last one. Yeah. Like, and that was easy because the guys I was with were were good. Yeah. And um, I've got a couple of hunts hopefully early next year, which I'll take a camera on. Perfect. Um, because I should have I went 
hunting down the South Island on a whim. Uh, I got a phone call on like a Friday and was like, hey, can you come down on Wednesday? <laughs> can you be at Nelson on Wednesday? And I'm like, oh man, Wednesday's my wedding anniversary. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, darling. <laughs> You know how it's the wedding anniversary? Can yeah. you buy me plane tickets? Yeah, yeah. That's and I, I should have filmed that hunt because I ended up shooting a really good red stag and, yeah. and my first chamois. So it was, you know, I should have taken cameras there, but I didn't. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's a hard it's yeah. a hot, yeah, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a big one. There's trips I've gone on where I've taken my camera and been like, I'm going to film this. Yeah. And then I like end up going, I don't want to film this and just end up taking photos. And then those trips have been ter- like they've turned into like trip like where I've taken outstanding photos and like some of the best photos I've ever taken. Yeah. And I'm like, well, at least I had my camera here because I went from wanting to film it to going nah, bugger filming it to just taking the photos and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so good. Even photos are real cool. Like yeah. I, I sort of after I filmed. Um, I think it's South Canberra tar hunting video, whatever it was, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I I bought a really nice mirrorless camera that I can take because I was I was like, man, maybe I'll start taking some cool photos. Yeah. Maybe this will replace my GoPro, so I can do a bit of both. And and having taking some cool photos is is pretty wicked. Yeah. yeah. You know, and having that camera with you, like putting it on one of those capture clips on your on your that setup so good. Eh? Oh man. Because then it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. It's there. And with, like you were talking about, the the molly webbing on the Mystery Ranch, you can yeah. actually attach it to your hip too, yeah. which is out of the way if you're trying to shoot or something as well. So It's, the, yeah, there's so much there. And having the new, like shit, I've got one of the iPhone 13 Pro. Mm. Um, the camera is phenomenal. Bro. Like, I my DSLR is sitting in the shed and it hasn't been out for a long time because... Like, 80% of the time, my phone is the better option. I hear But you. there are times where I'm like, ooh, a little bit more zoom would be good here. And that's where, like, having the bigger lenses. Um, so, I took that photo there with my phone. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, uh, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but that, the sun glow on the next hill back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, how, how the hell? Yeah. It's it's just there, right place, yeah. right time. It's in your hand, yeah. Um, and yeah, I I bought the pro version of the yeah. iPhone because I wanted the better camera. Yeah, on exactly. It. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, so good. It's so good. And like you say, it's always there. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing. The best camera you have is the one you have. Yep. With you. And so in your hand. Yeah, and like perfect example of that. If you look at, um, you'll know who Casey Neistat is. No. Okay. Should I? <laughs> no. Well, I think he's, well, he is <laughs> like the best vlogger there was. Yeah. There, there is. But he was a great filmmaker. Yeah. And made, like, he was the guy that made, like, prior to him doing his daily vlogs, which he did every day for three years or something. People on YouTube were vlogging to, like, they were just vlogging their whole life, their whole yeah. day, and it was, like, lame, because no one cares what you do in the day. No. You're boring. <laughs> like, you actually are. But what he would do 
was find just a small segment of his day that was interesting and really focus on that and make a story out of that. Yeah. And because he's a good storyteller and a good filmmaker, he could make his little exciting part of his life. So it could be as simple as like, I'm going to go to town, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to pick up the kids from school and I've got a meeting. But he'll make that little trip to town like real interesting and you're all about it. And, and there's something to do with the camera angles and, and hitting yeah. those right moments so, of the trip. But his the, the point I was kind of getting there with that is his thing, most of his stuff was shot either on his iPhone or on a Canon, I think they're like a Canon PowerShot 100. They're like those tiny little, they're about, like they're probably smaller than the new iPhones and the the tiny little thing, zoom in, zoom out. You know, yeah. it's a shit camera, cheap as shit. But it's tiny. It fits in his pocket. They come with a little belt pouch. So you can just put it on a little belt loop. While, if you're wearing a suit, yeah. you can have it with you at all times. So like, and then he'd film with bigger, bigger, better cameras if he was in a studio or if he was somewhere. But generally speaking, his films were made with the camera he had. And that was... That's like the same thing. Oh, look, it's raining in Taranaki. Yeah, this never happens. Wow. Spring. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get our two weeks of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of sunshine, we'll move on from mumbling about YouTube. Uh, fighting the sunshine as a ginger. Fighting the sunshine. What's your go-to sun tricks? Man, <laughs> I... Don't actually coming. struggle with it. You don't. No. No. no okay. No. Like if I'm stupid, um, I'll definitely get burnt. But yep. I, yeah, it's. I'm only really ginger on my face. Like my hair when I let it grow, it's pretty dark. You're not full nah. pasty ginger like uh, some people. But yeah. my brother, you know, he's he's so ginger you could light a bl- he could light a fire with his head. You know, like <laughs> you, he has to be careful and carry a fire extinguisher around with him when he goes to wooden buildings. He. <laughs> <laughs> Right there, <laughs> he um he swears by lead house paint. <laughs> the only thing that'll yeah. block it, eh? Yeah, lead yeah. lead house paint. Just a thick coat. Yeah, thick coat. Get, Recoat get, by lunchtime. Get, get the brush out of the ten yeah. litre bucket. Yeah, paint it on. Um, yeah, that's that's what he swears by. Mm. But generally, when I'm outside hunting, like I've started wearing like long sleeves. Yeah. Um, so you're 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 more of a long pants, long sleeves nah, sort of a more of a long sleeve. Definitely, I love the short... Look at me, I'm wearing short shorts yeah, and yeah, yeah. pissing out of the rain, yeah. you know? like, um, Yeah, definitely long sleeves and, and a big hat, normally, yeah. is what I use. And that's just because it's easier not to get burnt, right? Yeah, it is, it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. But nah, like I've started wearing pants recently, hunting. I can't do it in the middle of summer, but definitely in those side... What do you call them? Shoulder seasons. Shoulder seasons, there that's the go. word. Spring and all. <laughs> that's what they usually call it. <laughs> that's how they hit the head a few times, right? Um, yeah, definitely started wearing pants a bit more. Some of the, the Kuyu and the Sitka pants are, yep. are really nice and, and they don't heat up. You know? Yeah, a good pair of pants. Yeah. I was always a stubbies guy until my first day riding a horse in stubbies and I decided, fuck this, <laughs> this sucks. So it was straight to pants, and then by the end of doing that for a season, I was like, pants is the bee's knees, yeah. and I'm, I'm now a pants guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, t- um, but you got to get the right kind of pants. Yeah, man. they can be restricting. And my go-to pants, which um, I have not found a better pant, is the Lululemon ABC pant. Oh yeah, that that is the one. Fuck. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that just bought some Lululemon bloody <laughs> underwear for hunting, and I'm like, you, you half a fag, you know? Like, what? Nah, nah, they are, actually, these shorts I'm wearing are the Lululemon ABC shorts. Oh, nah, like, no. they are that good, man. They oh. are the goods. They're super light. They don't get like this. Yep. Like you can stretch around in them. You don't get too hot. I mean, the only thing they wear it like because they like they wear out. Real quick. I'm the my favourite pair of pants at the moment is the Kuyu Katana pants. Yep. They're quite a lightweight pant, but man they can I've I haven't put a hole in them yet. No, no. So and um I've been a few places in them. Yeah. So I've got a pair of Kuyu Pro pant, I think they're called. Yeah, with a knee pad. The knee pad, yeah. And so they're quite warm, eh? They're quite a thicker. yeah, a little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, but w- they winter? were, yeah, they were my go-to pant while I was guiding. Yeah. Um, the, I'm not as well fed anymore as I was yeah. when I was guiding. Yeah, so when you've got a cook in camp and you ride a horse all day, you pack on pounds real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're a bit big for me now. Um. I might have to sell them with all the other shit I'm currently trying to flog off. Yeah, I but, um, yeah. yeah, I had a pair of them. I think they were the first pair of Kuyu pants I bought. Yeah. Um, would wear them in winter, but yeah. probably too... They're a bit much in the summer, yeah. yeah but it's actually a good pant, eh? Yeah, I love the yeah. cut. Yeah. Um, the zips, how good are the zips? The, like, vent, zips, the vent zips actually <sighs> open up, you know, mean. And, and they don't get caught? Because prior to having those, the only vented pants I had was those Stony Creek... Um, Lansbury's? Yep. Well, that are a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I can agree. <laughs> like, so they're a super sweetie pant. Yeah. And then the vent zip, well, it may as well not be there because the vent doesn't actually open up. No, like, there's no, like, <laughs> there's uh, no air coming through there. <laughs> I mean, they're almost as well designed as the Stony Creek Tundra pant, which is an over pant that you can't get over a pair of boots. <laughs> I don't know a single person who's managed to get them on or off over their boots. Zip-off pants for hunting are an untapped yep. thing. Uh, outside your main pant, but like an um, overpant, zip-off yep. overpant, and you yep. can't go past them. You've got to have a full-length zip. Full-length zip. Um, I've even got a pair of Kuyu Merino zip-off long johns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen Game them. changer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if... Like, I've seen people like, man, what are you doing with those? Yeah. And I'm like, watch this, man. A few of like, the boys have got them and I'm jealous. Like, get dressed in the morning, yeah. nice and warm, yeah. put your boots on, ready to go, zip them off and in you, seconds. And, you, and you you're go. not having to take your boots off all day. Nah. Yeah. Nah. And They're then a game changer. When I think um, First Light Maker sets, you can buy them from Point South. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, those, shit, they're a game changer. I need to get a pair. You should, man. Yeah, because like a few of the boys have got them and every time I'm hunting with them and they're like... And that, they make a show of it yeah. too. They're like, look at this. And I'm over here taking my boots off. <laughs> like, fucking. I, I got a pair of puffer pants, which is exactly the same oh, thing. Um, yeah. You don't think you need them, but the times when you do need them, it's it's worth their weight. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they're two or 300 grams, so they're not super heavy to yeah. carry around anywhere, but just give you that next level warmth. Have you tried puffer mittens? 
Uh, no, but I've, I'd, I've been eyeing a pair of first light ones. Yeah, I've tried the Kuyu, like, super down mitten. Yeah. It's, it's nice. You can't do anything with them. It's a weakest bit. Like, <laughs> like, you put them on and you stay still. You don't want to, because like, you're just yeah. going to rip the thing. But if you've got cold hands, which often you get cold hands, like for glassing, yeah. they're the bee's knees. I've got a few pairs of gloves, but I haven't got any just down mittens. Yeah. And um, I see First Light do a really, really nice pair that packs down to nothing. Oh, yeah. So, because I've got a Kuyu one that's like a glove mitt. Yeah. But they don't pack. The, yeah, okay. They don't squish down. And um, I thought, oh, man, that First Light pair. There's, um, Sika do it, I think. First Light do it as well. It's like a Duck Hunter style thing. So you... Essentially, it's a fanny, like it clips onto you like a fanny pack, and it's just this big, like, hole that you put your hands in kind of thing that sits sort of at, at belt line, and... Maybe I could use that as an excuse for my gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you just put your hands, so you don't have to, I think the idea is like if you're shooting shotgun in the cold weather, you don't want big super gloves on, but you got to keep your hands warm, so you have your hands in there, and that way you're able to just like quickly pull them out and shoot. Now those are, those are pretty mean if you're gonna just be like in cold, but the whole time you're there, your hands got to be inside, yeah. so it's no good for like glassing or anything. And, and I can't imagine it'd be great for walking. Nah, no, nah. like you wouldn't want to probably have that in your pack when you're walking in somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. but that's it'd be cool though. Yeah, if you're a if you're a duck shooter, especially you know cold weather down south, that's a game changer. So. Um, moving on from <laughs> gear. <clears throat> we keep getting stuck on gear. Yeah. See, we're gearheads. Yeah. I love, I love getting on the gear. Um, NZDA. NZDA. You're quite heavily involved and yeah. funny story. So like two weeks ago, I was like, shit, I'm not an NZDA member at the moment and I need to be. Um, and anybody listening, you should think about that too. Because it's a good thing to do. And Stu's going to tell us all about that soon. But <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to be NZ Day. So I jumped online and I did the little thing and hit the button and um, signed up to the Ter- no the North Taranaki branch. And you must have to, like, you know, get vetted and be cool or something to be on the list because I got an email back saying, like, they'll get in touch if they think you're cool enough. And like two minutes later, I get a message from Stu rejoining the NZDA, I see. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is either going to go well or terribly. <laughs> and uh, um, I got I got accepted. Yeah. So, um, yeah, NZDA. North NZDA, Taranaki. North Taranaki. Tell us all about it. So I tried joining the NZDA, North Taranaki, probably 15 years ago. And like many others... Walked in there and it was, you know, an old boys club, I thought, at the time. And um, I, I don't know, no one really talked to me and I walked away and it's like, ah, you know, don't really need that to carry on doing what I'm doing. And then um, fast forward for 10 years, I suppose. Um, one of the guys up here was like, hey, you know, like I've seen your videos. Do you want to come and talk to us? 
that you were filming and crap like that. And so I went up there and made a hash of that because I'm not that good at talking in front of people. So um, I was like, oh, I should probably join. And it was about the same time as they'd done the rebranding with Gwyn Thorlow taking over as the CEO. And he's done a fantastic job of... Very much so. ...changing it from yep. that old boys club. And he recognised what needed to happen and to change as well. And, you know, I sort of joined up and they soon, I don't know, saw that I was a young guy that knew a little bit. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was on the committee and I'm like, oh man, what am dangerous. I... Yeah, knew enough to be dangerous and um, could use social media and talk to people. And then, um, yeah, all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're going to be president next year. <laughs> Oh, so you're the president? I'm the president of the North oh, Taranaki branch. Geez. So, um... Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been doing that uh, into my second year as president cool. now. So, it's um, been an experience. It's... Enjoying it? Oh, man. Sometimes. Yep. Sometimes. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely got its challenges. But it's, um, it's hard trying to break that get younger people in yeah you know like i don't think i can be classified as young anymore but i'm still under 40 so <laughs> it's um but trying to bring those young guys in and you know like oh i had i had a guy tell me you know like for 150 bucks or whatever it is to be a member like what do i get and i'm like well you know that's a good question though it is it's, it's, a, it's a fair question yeah. because to a lot of like to a young guy 150 who, bucks is a lot. I mean, 150 bucks, we're in a cost of living crisis for God's sakes, aren't yep. we? Yep. They keep talking about it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, $150. So what do we get what for our $150? Get? Man, you can come along and listen to me talk shit for... <laughs> um, I guess every club's different um, in what you get, but it, the national body gives you a really good insurance if you accidentally light a hut on fire in the middle of the building and in the middle of the bush and... Um, so there's all that sort of stuff, and then they get discounts at a lot of places like Noel Leeming and Torpedo Seven and Hunting and Fishing, and you know, so you can get discounts. Which, if you were to use use those discounts, you could probably get your um, membership back pretty quickly within a year. Within a year, you, you, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> you know, especially if you're buying like a TV or something, you know, you can get some good pricing. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that you that they do that which you don't I don't think it's promoted that well is they have Gwyn in Wellington fighting and he I th- believe he's taken um Doc to court over they were going to ten eighty some of the Molesworth station I think don't quote me on this it, I'm pretty sure it's pretty sure it's that one and he took them to court on behalf of the NZDA and won. You know, and, and he's a hotshot lawyer. Yeah. He's a, as a lawyer, having like, he's a he's a smart guy who really cares about this and to have him as the big dog for the NZDA is a bloody good thing, I think. And and he's a good guy and he loves hunting. He's right into his tar and alpine yep. hunting. Um, and he came from being a hotshot lawyer in Australia somewhere and having the big corner office in the high rise. And, yep. and he came back to little old New Zealand to run the NZDA and... You know, he's sitting over the road from Parliament in his office and he um, 
meet. I think he meets with most political parties almost every week to talk about our issues, recreational hunting, and yeah, things like and, that, and advocate on our behalf. And that. same with the police and the firearms authority. Yep. And yeah, so the NZDA can do that with ten thousand members. I think we have. Yeah. If we were to get another ten thousand members, we could hire another Gwyn. Yes. And then we be- we start becoming a problem for people that want to stop hunting. Yeah. And, and we become a. We actually have a good. I don't like you using the word problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes everything sound bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we we become quite strong in enabling to voice those opinions, opinions, and, and and actually having a good fight foot in the door there. Fight for the rights of hunting in New Zealand. Yeah. And firearms ownership as well. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, there's so many groups out there that aren't a fan of hunting in New Zealand. And to have a voice such as Gwyn, who's measured, approaches it with from a legal standpoint and can talk the talk of politicians. Yes. And it's not just the guy driving down the road with fuck 1080 on the back of his truck, yep. jumping up and that, down. That fuck 1080 sticker mm-hmm. doesn't help anything. No, no. Like, I see your point. But you're going about it the wrong way. Yeah, we need whereas to... when you have somebody like Gwen who can talk that talk, talk you legal. can take fuck 1080 and turn it into, hey, mate, why are you 1080-ing here? What are some other what options? What are your legal... Yeah, and you can How are you doing this it. legally? Yeah. And if you don't stop, because this is not legal what you're doing, we will take you to court. Mm. And what she has done. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So that's, it's that, cool. that's the biggest thing, but it, I, it's not well voiced, and I don't know how to voice his work well. Yeah. Because it comes out in press releases from the NZDA and stuff, but you read the first few lines. And, then and, and does that only come to... Probably. Two hunters. Yeah. Like, how many non-hunters actually see that and see the good and the bad and the ugly of what he's dealing with and what the NZDA in general are, are dealing with and stuff. Like, I see it and mm. you see it, but that's because we are looking for it. And and it's there. <clears throat> like, you don't it's, you don't know it's happening unless you see it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and most people, you know, like, what are these here, 300,000 firearms? Owners in New Zealand or something. I've heard that number. Yeah, yeah. it's a big number, you know. Yeah. And there's ten thousand or twelve thousand that are members of the NZDA. Yeah, like if we could get fifty thousand people. Yeah, can like, we get the if you're a firearms owner or a firearms licensee? Yeah, licensee. If you join, now okay, here's a thing. Could you do a could you join the NZDA as a non a non hunter firearm? No, because it becomes a. I'm just thinking like, is there? There are a lot of people out there who are firearms holders, but they are not hunters. They are just they're shooting enthusiasts. They go to pistol clubs. They go to gun ranges. They do competition like PRS comps yep. are like big, big, big and getting, getting bigger big. and yep. they're cool. Yeah, like, there's some serious skill there, but a lot of those guys 
aren't hunters. They're just nerds. They're just gun nerds. Yep. And that's cool. But what do they have? Have they got... I don't think there's any other organisational body. Yeah, like, I wonder if there's, like, a... If you could have, like, a, a second tier of NZDA membership where you're paying a little less and you're not getting... You're not getting the... Um, public indemnity insurance thing there is i'm pretty sure there is um but you're you're giving money that will support firearms yeah like legis whatever you want to call it i think there's like associate membership and and different levels of membership rather than just a straight up senior one i've i've heard this before and i'd believe it so after the old incident and um, Christchurch several years ago the police were jumping up and down and, and wondering how they were going to make these laws and what they were going to do yeah. and they approached the Australian counterparts and the Australian counterparts said whatever you do don't make people join an association which is what they did post Port Arthur was it their, their big think Port Arthur yeah. in, in the 90s or something <clears throat> so what they made everyone do is join a club or association to be a firearms owner and the Australian gun lobby has become really powerful because they have so many members. Ah, uh, because everybody had to become and it, and and they and became they, so strong, and yep. they hired their own lawyers to combat the issues yep. that they were facing. And now Australia's the the police really have a fight on their hands with the gun lobby in Australia. Yep. And it's the same in America with the NRA. Or NRA is in National N- Rifle Association. NRA. Yeah. Yep. So they're, they're a huge organisation. Yeah. And they go to war for their members. Yes. And so New Zealand police didn't do that, or the government make that a requirement. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because... Imagine, it could have given us... Oh, a, a bigger voice, a yeah, stronger... A huge uh, voice. Yeah, because so what are you saying? We're at 10,000 and there's 300,000... People. That's... 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 30... 30 lawyers fighting for us day in yeah. and day out. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. You could then also, like... Maybe even 20 lawyers and 10 and, support staff. Yeah, but you you know, you could run... Uh, there's a lot more advertising there... You could also start providing better, because this is something that I've talked about with some people a bit. It's like our there's no gun like firearms training that you have to do. No, and well, there is, but it's it's hardly yeah. yeah. And so, like for me, growing up in a family of hunters. Yeah. I got trained. Yep. And I pride myself in my um like firearms safety. safety um I actually I, <laughs> I don't like to admit this. I had a fuck up recently. Um Oh, please share. Is it good or is it an off camera share? No, no, no. Okay, so I... And the thing that pissed me off the most is that I pride myself in my firearm safety and anyone who's hunted with me or anything knows, like... Yep. I don't fuck around with that. And... I work... At the moment, I'm working as a um, colour, like a 
professional hunter or whatever yep. you want to call it. Um, I was at a job where I was staying at accommodation with more than just me. Yep. I typically, my thing is that it's a little bit weird because you're at weird accommodation sometimes. You don't have a gun safe. Yeah. But, so you're doing the best you can to get something. So my go-to is I've got a hard case that gets double padlocked. Yep. So it cannot be opened. The rifles go in there with no bolt. Mm-hmm. And typically I'm running either one or two rifles with me and they've got either a trigger guard, like a padlock trigger guard. Yeah. And a, and then like one of them will have that and the other one's got like one of those breech cable lock things, you know, where like it's like a bike lock goes through the breech and you lock yep. it so you couldn't put a bolt in if you had a bolt. So that would get locked up in one place and then separately... I've got another lock box, which the ammo and the magazines and the bolt gets locked in. Mm-hmm. And that's like practically, it's a, it's a, that's a practical way to yes. lock up these yep. things. I fucked up. I had my rifle on my bed. I'd pulled the bolt out. No. I'd pulled the magazine out, I'd opened the bolt, the mag was out, I'd locked that away, I'd put the trigger guard on, and I must have got distracted and not pulled the bolt out yeah. and locked that away separately and not locked the rifle away. And so it was left on my bed, and I left. Yeah. Somebody else came and saw it, and they were like, that ain't fucking good enough. We dealt with it, and that's fine, but I fucked up there. Yeah. You know? And it's like, fuck's sakes so yeah i yeah, so that's me fucking up and that's all right that's been dealt with i mean that's, that's not the, the not the worst no oh no god had. no it's not the worst and but going back to what i was talking about like being brought up as a responsible gun owner. responsible gun owner and priding myself on the thing and then obviously i had that cock up which pissed me off but fuck it you know shit happens but also you're, you're probably tired that's yeah, 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 yeah. They're working at night, and I may have had a massive weekend on the piss Ooh. prior to that, and then so I might have been a bit tired. Um, but there's so I got trained in firearms use by my dad and by my granddad. Yeah. Someone who does not who just decides they want to go hunting and just go and get their firearms license. They're not getting much of um, safe use. Like, you read yep. the code, you get told this, but you're not like. There's no it, like one showing you on ongoing. There's training. not ongoing, and there's no requirement for ongoing. And I I don't know whether there should be requirement for ongoing, but maybe there should be a bit more put into like teaching some people because. I've seen some people do some fucking stupid shit with guns. Yeah. And a lot of the times when you see it, it's not It's not because they're just being silly. It's because they don't fucking know. Yeah. The worst one for me is like getting flagged or, you know, like yeah, walking yeah, along yeah, yeah. and it's like, come on, you know, like, yeah. oh, it's empty. 
I don't give a fuck. But I don't know it's empty. No, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be looking at the barrel. No, no. Um, training, man, it's it's such a hard one because, you know, do you make it compulsory and then, then half the people jump up and down and win, you know? And then you also have to set a standard to that. And what's the standard and how do you ensure that that standard's getting... So what the, what the NZDA do is they do their hunts course, mm. um, which we haven't done one in Taranaki. There's plans, I think I have a meeting tonight, to um, plan one for next year, early next year in Taranaki. And, and that's really successful around um, the rest of New Zealand. Like, they book out in, in yep. minutes, you know, like in other branches. So I've heard really good things from people who've done them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So we're, we're hoping to get one going early next year, probably January next year, February, yeah. So what's involved? What is... So... So they sort of teach you everything I come from, to you and I go, I want to do a hunt school. <clears throat> so, so they teach you everything from bushcraft to, you know, navigation to what gear to take, how to cook, how to butcher an animal, how to shoot an animal, where to shoot an animal, what species of game there are in New Zealand, you know, and, and then your legal requirements and all it's just like a basic just basics on, on everything, like a yeah. shotgun and then um take you out for a weekend hunting. Um, you know, put those bushcraft skills into practice. Yep. Shoot a deer, shoot shoot a goat, shoot an animal and um butcher it, you know, butcher it yourself and yeah, so you, you pretty much learn Firearm safety. You have a day on the range shooting, yep. which we've got a great range just out of Stratford, um, which you can shoot out to seven hundred meters. If um, yeah, if you can, if, yeah, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can shoot out to seven hundred meters, but if you hit the target, yeah. is another thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the hunt hunts course. Yeah, um, we're lucky enough to have one of the North Island assessors for hunts actually live locally now oh, yeah. he, he moved down from Waikato and he's he's a top bloke too so, so. he's going to help stand up that course yeah, yeah. here and yep yep, that's cool so i got a meeting tonight with him and a bunch of other guys that are keen to help out on yep. it so to try and get that underway um, yeah so cool. and a lot of other companies like give gear to Hunt's students as well yep um, I think you get like some Stony Creek gear and so there's, there's there's a bit of gear that comes people with within it. the industry within the sort of the bigger yeah. hunting industry are, are helping out this yeah. to try and yeah which is that sort Brilliant. of shit awesome um, and and the community needs to come together more with that yep. sort of stuff like yeah because quite often it can be cutthroat out there and it's like yep. don't want to help that person because no. they yeah it's yeah so what is What's coming up for the NZDA in general, and then specifically your branch being the North Taranaki? Um, especially what should people know about and be coming to? Well, actually, I've been a bit out of the loop lately because I've been dealing with a <laughs> dealing, dealing with a newborn <laughs> for the last several weeks. Like yep. I even missed our prize giving because um, he was a day old. So um, our branch, we've got. Um, Graham from Taranaki Long Range Shooters coming next week, I think, next Wednesday, and talk to us about that and his PRS style shoots that yep. they've been wildly successful with. Yeah. Well, he does that with um, Simon Gillis, and they run 
I don't know, series all over the central North Island, which are brilliant. And they, yeah. they if you've ever done one, you'll know who like the the great. Have you done one no, of these? I haven't. Shows? I wanted. There was one a while ago I was gonna do, and then something happened, and I couldn't go. And then I'm like, I need to. I want to get to one of these. They um, they do a great pre war shoot. Yeah. Out out Tarata, yep. just out here, and um, that's well worth doing. Okay, I might have to yeah. get involved in that then. Um, cool. So yeah, that's what's happening in our branch this month, I think. Um, hopefully when my life gets a bit more stable, I'll organise a club hunt. Yep. I want to go down the Ruahines. Um, I think we've just had club hunts in Galatea and somewhere else I've been recently. Ruahines. Quite often go down there yep. for club hunts and stuff like that, so... Club hunter would be cool. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get on on that. Yeah. That'd be cool to actually um, come along on and, and do a podcast. Yeah. During the club hunt. Yeah. And and see what people just like sh- short interviews with everyone who's on the hunt and just see what what they're thinking about it and stuff to then sort of spread the word on like this is what the NZDA's doing. Which you know, and a lot of people don't have hunting partners. Yeah. And, yep. Or they don't really know. They want to go hunting and don't have anyone to go hunting with. Man, go along, meet some people, make friends. You know, the young fellow that I do a bit of hunting with now, I met him through the NZDA. Yeah. You know, and me and him have been uh, in the car workers, oh, um, okay. and we've just come back from that Rangatata trip down, yep. the, down the South Island, you know. So it's... Who would have thought me hanging out with bloody 19-year-old in other circumstances is a bit bloody creepy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, me and him have done some real cool hunts, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And that's, I think that's something really cool about, like, well, outdoor things in general, but with hunting is that you, you very often have these relationships that are, you don't, do anything similar with work you live in completely different places you're different ages like everything about your life is so different but you're into hunting and that's yeah. what's brought you together and then you build because because you can end up in these like extreme circumstances yeah like you get shit weather you've got to grind it out climb in a hill something like that like you kind of you go through some sort of adversity together you kind of like build a bit of a relationship there and then although the rest of your lives have nothing in common you're like there's like this this certain set of circumstances where you guys all of a sudden like there's your best mate and you're getting it done a hundred percent and that's quite cool i like that and you know before i was really into hunting i was i was really into brazilian jiu-jitsu and um man some of those guys that i met through that uh, we could bump into each other in the street and it's like we're, we're best friends and, yep. and never spent a day apart, you know, and like uh, one of them will ring me up randomly and be like, hey man, how's your day going, you know? Yeah. And it's it's great. You, yeah. know, you have some yeah. of those friendships that you build from those extreme circumstances really last. Yeah. So. Definitely. But, yeah. Man, I'll, I think we'll wrap things up there. But, Two final questions for you. Oh, I've got to think of a question for the next person too. Well, actually, no. Three final questions. No, no, no. Oh. Have you got anything else you want to add? 
Nah, man, like, I'm I'm easy, you know. Yep. Any questions, message me. I'm friendly. Sweet. So yeah. people can find you on Instagram. Instagram's as probably the best. At beard and gun. Yep. 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 Beard underscore and gun. I think it is something like that. Yeah. I'll tag it. It'll and be sure there. People will find it. So with the beard and gun, that gives me the question. Oh yeah. I don't see you ever getting rid of the gun. Nah. Do you feel that you are not allowed to shave <laughs> because you are beard and gun, and without <clears throat> the beard, you are just gun? Funny. I'd probably lose the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's ever seen me without it. Yeah. So it's been around a hot minute. Sure. Um, I'm sure I'll get bloody, have too many Some bloody point. brown sodas one day and have an accident with the shaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No. But it's like an intercooler, right? You, especially in summer, it's great. Oof. You bloody put yep. a little water on that thing. Just holds it there. Holds it, it cools yep. you down. Yeah, it's the goods. <laughs> Um, and, yeah, without knowing who the next guest is, what would you like to ask them? Oh, man, this might take me a while to think about. Um, oh, what's your greatest accomplishment? There you go. That's a nice, easy one for the next person. That's yep, a softball. That's soft, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a very open... Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. What's your greatest accomplishment? Awesome. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you. Anytime, mate. You Easy. Know? Easy. Beard and Gun on Instagram. Beard and Gun on YouTube. Yep. And um, brilliant. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Cheers, mate. Cheers for your time.